Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. We also want to let you know about our Vanguard Collective School of Supernatural Ministry launching this fall. For more information, head to vcssm.com, or for more resources like this, head to trptampa.com. Well, we've been in a series called The Full Gospel, and I don't know how long we'll be in it, but we're still in it. Here we are. There's a lot to talk about with the full gospel, and really it hinges on this one statement that I'm basically is the bottom line for today. If you haven't been at any of the the series so far, this is like, this one could stand all by itself, so no worries, no pressure. I know you were worried. You were concerned. I could see it on your faces. Just kidding. Anyway, it's okay to laugh. Church should be fun. Church is a happy place. God is in a good mood. He, even when the devil is scheming, he's laughing. Psalms 2, come on, somebody. The Lord sits in the heavens, and he laughs at the schemes of the evil one. Ha, ha, ha. So if you're aware of what the devil is doing, and it doesn't result in laughter, you're not acting like God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you should laugh. Just do what he's doing. He's laughing at the devil. Anyway, okay. It's a really good word, Kayla's. Anyway. This is the bottom line for this series. A powerless gospel is no gospel at all. If the gospel, the good news, doesn't have power, if it just has an argument, it's not good news. And when we're not operating in power, we have to argue. It ends in an argument. Those without power only have an argument. It's true. A guy named Chris Valton actually says it another way. He says, those with an argument have no have nothing compared to those with an experience. You know what I mean? Like, you can have an argument, but if my experience is different than your argument, it ain't going to matter. You know what I'm saying? So that's the deal. Anyway, comes out of Romans 15, 18 through 19. I've read this verse almost every single week, and it's because good teachers repeat themselves. You know what I'm saying? Good teachers repeat themselves. Good. Okay, you get it. All right. Romans 15, 18 through 19 says, and I don't have it on the screens for you, but Paul says, I'm not going to talk about anything except what God has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word. Help me, somebody who's been here. Word, deed, signs, wonders, all by the power of the Spirit of God. That's the deal. It's by the power of the Spirit because how many know you can, like, help people not in the power of the Spirit? Uh, You can feed the poor not by the power of the Spirit. But when you feed the poor just in your own power and not in the connection with the power of the Spirit, you're just meeting their natural needs. When you throw the power of the Spirit, you're meeting their eternal needs. And that's why I love things like apartment life. They're laced with with an eternal impact inside. It's very strategic. I dig it. You know what I mean? Getting people in the communities. It's, It's awesome. So the power of the Spirit. Say the power. I'm going to prove to you today that power is not an option. You have to have power to preach the gospel. The full gospel requires power. It requires an expression of power. It does. The gospel without power is not the gospel. What I mean by that is if it doesn't empower you to be better, to be healed, to be whole, to be able to like love your family while stressed, to be able to you know, take out the trash and not blow up on your kids because you're tired or whatever. I'm talking to myself right now. Right? I'm talking to myself. I got a two-year-old and a newborn, and my two-year-old always wants to run out the door when I'm taking the trash out, and I'm just like, no, stop, stop. <laughs> anyway, this is the empowering gospel. It empowers you to be just like God. 
That's what grace does. Grace is not here for your mistakes. Grace is here for your godliness. There's mercy for your mistakes. But grace is here as supernatural empowerment for godly living. Check Titus 2, 11 through 12 and tell me I'm wrong. All right? Check me. We say there's grace for that. No, if you were using grace for that, you wouldn't have made the mistake. You wouldn't have done the dumb thing you did. Amen? So God is about empowering his people. And Paul said, I preach the full gospel by these things. He says later in that verse, he says, so that I may have fulfilled the ministry of Christ, right? So the only way to fulfill the ministry of Christ, to fulfill the ministry of the gospel, to fully fill it, to do it all, is by word, deeds, signs, wonders, all by the power of the Spirit. Amen? All right, three of you are with me. That's good. Jesus also said power is not, it's not an option. Power is not optional. In Acts 1.8, I also don't have this one for you. It says, he says to them, wait and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and all Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The word power there is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite from. All right? Dynamite power is inside of every believer. Dynamite power is in your veins. You might not be using it, but it's still there, all right? You're actually not going to get any more powerful than you are right now. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. But that's like four scriptures from now, so I'll make you wait. Listen, power speaks louder than words. This is what I'm saying. Power speaks louder than words. It does. Paul, he talks about this constantly, but in 1 Corinthians especially, I'm going to take you to a few places. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 through 18 in the NET says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with clever speech so that the cross of Christ would become, would not become useless. Did you hear that? For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the dunamis, the power of God. Listen to it in the Passion Translation. Just a different translation, same verse. It says, The anointed one has sent me on a mission, not to see how many I could baptize, but to proclaim the good news. And I declare this message stripped of all philosophical arguments that empty the cross of its true power. <laughs> For I trust in the all-sufficient cross of Christ alone. To preach the message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are on their way to destruction. But to us who are on our way to salvation, it is the mighty power of God released where? Within us. Listen, I wonder how often the church makes the cross useless by trying to convince people into conviction. I, I, I'm up here trying to convince people every week. I get it. But it's not without the power of the Spirit. Let me just give you a practical way. Here's what I mean by that. I am listening to God for the exact thing I need to say today. I'm currently listening I'm willing to change or go off road or do whatever. That's just one way I'm trying to tap into the power of the Spirit. It's not like all lightning bolts and, you know, gold dust and floating and things like that. Come on, somebody. Even though I'm down with that, I, teleportation would be really useful. You know what I'm saying? It's a really useful tool. I'd like to get into that. Help me, Holy Ghost, you know, whatever. So what I'm saying is right now the power of God is hopefully going to move. It's going to, we're going to have the pow a powerful experience today because God is going to speak to you, not just me. I'm not just going to read a commentary and repeat it. I'm not just going to give you three points on a poem. And I'm not going to polish it up so that it really convinces you or whatever. I'm not going to do certain series that make you want to come. I'm not going to do it because that empties the cross of its true power. If I have to cleverly do stuff to convince you, 
Listen, I'll do anything short of sin to get people saved. I will. I'll do anything short of sin. I'll dress up like a clown. I'll, what, I don't care. I don't care. All right? I'll throw a fall festival. I don't care. That's wild coming from me, by the way. That's, I used to be very anti those, just so you know. Fall festivals. So listen, here's why. Because if we do it in the power of the Spirit of God, it ushers in salvation. Not in my notes. I'm just trying to break down the third wall for you right now. I'm trying to break down. That's a uh, term you might not know. I'm trying to bring you into my world right now, okay? Right now, this isn't in my notes, but the word sozo salvation, it's used 119 times in the New Testament, and it's not always salvation as in going to heaven. Sometimes it's healed, and he sozoed every one of them is what it says. Sometimes it's deliverance, and he delivered them from their demons, all right? And other times it's, yeah, salvation unto eternal life. So listen, the power of God is not to get you into heaven. The power of God is to get you well, to get you delivered to get you whole, to get you like Jesus on this side of heaven. Come on, somebody, so that we can rise up and represent him on the earth. And when we just try to convince people to believe, we lose all of that. We don't see people healed. We don't see lives transformed. We don't see emotional trauma dealt with because we're just trying to convince you to believe. Just believe. Just believe, believe, believe. The work of God is to believe. Yes, John 6, 29. I know that verse too. But because of our believing, something should, you should be receiving in the believing. You should get something because you believe. You should experience the power of God. That's it. He goes on, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2 through 5. I've got it written on the stage. Oh, I forgot to mention. Uh, we want to do something fun. We've, got, we've left the uh, front of the stage here exposed. Exposed would be, we want to give you all an opportunity to make your mark. This is just very simple, but you can just write your favorite scripture verse. You can write a prophetic word. You can bless the people who come here, whatever. You can, whatever Holy, Holy Ghost tells you to, to write there, we want to put that on there before we cover it up. You know what I'm saying? And I was reading some of them. I'm like, I'm not, I might not cover that up at all. Those are good. You know what I mean? So anyway, we want to give you a chance to make a mark because this is your stage. We didn't uh, you know, you paid for it, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you gave money, we use that money for this. When you give to the building fund, we do stuff like this in that room. So it's your stage. We want to give you an opportunity to, to do that. So is that cool? Yeah? You might have to, you have to get kind of low. It's whatever. Sorry. I didn't want to be like 10 feet in the air looking down at all of you. It's pretty weird. Anyway, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 2, 2 through 5, which I wrote right here because this is a big verse in my life. It says, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, meaning he was feeling the importance of the situation, feeling the, the necessity of his preaching, right? How important it was. Life and death is on the line, you know? I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not, say we're not, say it better than that, we're not, they were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Listen, if you try to convince people into it, then you got to keep them into it. If you argue them in, they can be argued out. You know what I'm saying? Listen, they need a marking encounter with the power of God. I don't care how weird that sounds to you. I don't care what abuses have been done. It doesn't change the reality. I get it. 
I get it. Listen, I've been on those lines where people are trying to push me down. And I just stood there, just. <clears throat> Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're coming through. Everybody else is falling. They're not even, it doesn't even look like they're touching everyone. They're just like flinching at them and they're boom, flying around the room. They come over, they put their hand on my head and nothing. So they're just kind of like, <clears throat> nothing. And then they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, I ain't going down, bro. I don't courtesy drop. I don't fantasy fall. It's got to be real. It's got to be the power of God. <laughs> I don't do it. I don't play around, man. I got a healthy level of skepticism. Why? Because I don't want my faith to rest in the wisdom of men or in the actions of men. I want my faith to rest in a true encounter with the power of God. And I've had them. That's why I'm so crazy. That's why I am the way I am. Getting some insight into my world. You understand? It doesn't turn off. Ask my wife. She has to, like, reach over from the other side of the car and put her hand over my mouth to get me to stop talking about the Bible, Jesus, Holy Ghost. She's like, Caleb, I love Jesus, too. Leave me alone. Stop talking. I've been marked, man. Some of you have been there when I was marked. Yeah. Come on. He goes on. And later in the same book, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, there's, there's obviously been some doubt in the Corinthian church about Paul's authority as an apostle. He's been questioned by others. People are trying to come in while he's not there because he planted the church, left all that. Paul is not currently on site, and others are coming on saying, no, no, Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. I know what I'm talking about. You should follow me, not Paul. That's a little context here. 1 Corinthians 4, he says, speaking of those people, 4, 19 through 20, in the English center, he says, I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. He said, we're going to have a power showdown. That's what's going to happen. When I get there, we'll see how, what they got. You know, we'll see how empowered they are. We'll see if they got any juice in their veins. We'll see. Or if they only got an argument. I heard a story once of a missionary that went to some deep place, some dark place in the world. You might have heard this story, too. I can't remember who it was, but they uh, walk into this village that's full of witchcraft and things like that, and there's these three witches that are hexing him and all stuff, and they're hexing him. It's not working. They're trying to throw him off his game and all stuff. They're trying to throw curses at him. So these, this true story, three witches start floating. They start floating, and everybody looks at them and looks at this guy trying to proclaim that Jesus is God, and they're like, all right, what you got? They're floating. You're talking. You know what he does? He says, I don't know if I can do that, but I know I can get them down. He said, in the name of Jesus, come down, and boom, 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 all three. Whole village gets turned upside down for the kingdom. Come on. That's power. That's power. It's like, I don't know if I can float, bro, but I know that God doesn't want the devil to win. So in the name of Jesus, you know what I'm saying? People aren't demons. I'm not calling, you know, we honor everyone. I'm not. Listen, okay, you get it. I hope you get it. If not, I don't have time. So hang out a little longer at church. You'll, you'll get it. All right. Come back. Paul even says to the Ephesians church, this really amazing statement, and he, he says that it's within you. It says it's already there, all right? So no, rest, no pressure. You don't have to come get it. And as soon as you say yes to Jesus, it's actually already there. All the power you'll ever need is in your chair. It's already there right now. He says it. Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. 
says he's praying for them, and this is part of the prayer. He says, I pray that you would, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Let's go back to the other slide, because it says the immeasurable greatness of his power, and then he says it's already in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is inside of every believer. It says immeasurable. Say immeasurable. Listen, that means that there's no end to it, okay? If you can't measure something, in order to measure something, you have to know where it starts and where it stops, all right? Got it? So in order to get more power, you have to get less. Okay, you didn't get that. That's okay. This is deep end stuff right here. This is a real deep end. I get it. And I'm not doing a great job communicating. I tried first, but it's still the truth. So here it comes, all right? Hopefully the power of God will get on it. I don't know. If it's immeasurable, that means he can't add to it because that would mean he has to measure it. If it's immeasurable, that means you can't find the stop point. That means you can't give more because you don't know if you're giving more. It's too much to measure. How do you know you're giving more if it's immeasurable? So you asking for more, if God were to answer that prayer, he'd have to give you less. He'd have to give you a measure. You haven't been given a measure of power. You've been given a measure of faith, which accesses the power, but you haven't been given a measure of power. You've been given immeasurably great power. There's no end to it. So for him to give you more, you'd have to start with less. For him to give you more power, Lord, give me more power. Whatever. I don't know. That's a weird prayer in general, but <laughs> I don't know. But, but listen, that's the heart posture. Like, oh, I'm going to go to that conference. Oh, I'm leaving empowered. We've got a conference coming up called Empowered. You know what we're going to teach on? You're already empowered. That's going to be the whole point of the whole conference. It's already there. You just need to believe that it's there. Write the check. Write the check. This is my best example. Listen, God put all the power that it took to raise Christ from the dead. Come on, somebody. The immeasurably great power. He put all his power in a bank account with your name on it as soon as you said yes to Jesus. And it takes faith to write the check on what's in the bank. But if you only believe there's a thousand bucks there, you aren't writing a million dollar check. If you believe that it's unending, come on, I know some of y'all got credit cards. You know what I'm talking about. You think it's unending. You just sing, 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 check, 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 right, 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 right? Come on. Free money. That's what I'm talking about. That's how the power of God works. You're not going to run out. Oh, I prophesied over too many people today, you know? Or I gave too much of myself today. Listen, you need, to, you need to steward your body, steward your life, get good sleep. This is totally off. No, it's not off topic. Hallelujah. Some of y'all's depression would get healed if you just get normal sleep cycles. Some of y'all don't have imbalances in your chemicals. You have an imbalanced life. All right, nobody here. On live stream. All y'all on live stream. <laughs> You get your life into a sustainable rhythm. You get some sunlight and drink more water. It's amazing. It's a miracle. Wow. All of a sudden, people like being around you. All of a sudden, people, like, want to invite you places. 
Instead of your grouchy self now, it's like, ah, oh, you're so tired. <laughs> talking about power for your life. We're not just talking about, like I said, healings, deliverance. Those things are part of it. But remember, it says sozo 119 times. It's 110 or 119. I'm fighting my own brain on this. I don't know. It's a lot. All right? Saved. The word sozo. Healed, delivered, set free, salvation for eternal life. All of it is in there. That's what the power of God releases. Okay? And we're saying miraculous power. Dunamis power. As in, that was impossible for a human to pull off. Okay? I get it. I'm talking about miracles in, like, your life. I'm also talking about, like, the miracle of patience. Okay? Seriously. The whole person. When God saves somebody, he saves the whole person. Gate beautiful. Here it is. The guy from the gate beautiful, right? The apostle, as it Peter, comes to him. He asks for silver and gold, right? Am I right? And he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I give you, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Just rise up and walk. Power. Boom. Guy goes in, and it says he was walking, leaping, and praising God. The whole man. He was walking because his body got healed. He was leaping because his emotions got healed. You leap for joy. He was praising God because his spirit got healed. Because you only worship God in spirit and in truth, John 4, 24. When he comes in, he wants to heal the whole person. So I'm not just talking about your body. I'm not just talking about your physical ailments or diseases. Absolutely, yes. But, you know, your emotional state. If you've lived on the planet for more than like 10 minutes, you probably need some emotional healing. If there's anyone other than you in your life, you probably need some emotional healing. If you're the only one in your life, you're definitely needing some emotional healing. <laughs> I hate people. I love God, but I hate people. You know how many times I hear that? I hear that all the time. All the time from Christians. I just love the Lord. I want to be in full-time ministry, but I hate people. I'm like, come again? I've heard that from pastors. We're the people. We got problems. This is what the power of God is for. Listen, it's a, it's a line in the sand. It is a real big deal. Let me show you. In 2 Timothy 3.5, Paul actually says there will be those that have the appearance of godliness but deny its power. Avoid such people. Listen, any preacher who says the miracle signs and wonders power is not for today, you are to avoid them. Uh-huh. I know. I used to be that guy who believed that stuff. And then I had an encounter with the power of God. I went to Honduras. My friend Leah can tell you about it. She was there. She took me. And I, got, I had an experience that did not line up with all my thoughts up here in the lump of meat between my ears. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I had to change the way I thought. Hmm. Imagine that. Repentance as a result of encountering the power of God. Not just being convinced or being told. Because I could argue people out of it with the Bible. I could use the Bible to tell you the power of God is not for today. Somehow. I can't anymore. I can't even see it anymore with my mind. But then I did. Okay. There's whole parts of the church that are standing on that. That, that, is, that the, if you say that we are to heal the sick, you are absolutely crazy. If you say that the power of God is for today, certain parts of the American church, the West Church says that is crazy Avoid those people. That's what they say. But this says, I'm to avoid you. <laughs> Just say it. Listen. 
I get it. I get it. It's been abused. I've been, I told you, all right? I, it's been abused. It's been uh, people, even the gifts and calls of God, Romans eleven twenty nine, are without repentance. So you can get empowered with a gift from the Holy Spirit, walk away from God, and still keep it. That's why all these, there's a lot of people that go around using a gift they were given from God, a prophetic gift or whatever, and they, they run a store and they have the hand with the eye on it, and that's what they do. That's how they make money. I, I have yet to meet one who didn't grow up in church. Me personally, I asked them, did you go to church when you were a kid? They say, yeah. Usually Roman Catholic. That's, I don't know why. That's just what I've experienced. I'm not saying they all are. Listen. Sorry if that offended you. Whatever. I'm just telling you my experience. It's not the Roman Catholics. I grew up Southern Baptist. Let me just even the playing field. We had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible, y'all. All right? We did not believe. We did not encounter. We did not expect the Holy Spirit to move in power ever. All right? So there's a whole bunch of sideways. I got sideways. We got sideways. All right? You okay? Feel better? Take a deep breath. Caleb is anti-Catholic. Oh, my God. No, I'm actually not. They actually, yeah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Woo, moving on. Here's the point. Love has power to help. You say, well, just love them. No, get, get some power to help them. You need to be empowered in, in your thinking so that you have the solution. You're carrying around all, all the, like, 100 nuclear reactors inside of you, and you ain't using it. All right, people ask for your help, and you don't have the resources, and it looks impossible. Hmm, perfect landing strip for the power of God to come in. I got a call on Friday that if the power of God doesn't come in, it's life and death. All right? And it hasn't come in yet. I'm still praying. It doesn't change the program. Your experience, we say, we've said it during this series over and over again, but your experience, does, should not, you should not lower the level of your theology to your experience. You should call your experience into the truth. And this is the truth. The word, his word is truth. Amen? Let me just tell you a testimony, and I'll stop staring at you weird. <laughs> I know. I, I watch the live stream. I take notes on myself because I want to get better. I'm like, why did you make that face? It's weird. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, growing up, had problems with my sleep, okay? I would sleep. I could sleep for 14 hours or for four, and I would feel the same, all right? I would not get rest when I slept, all right? I was really, really... Um, it was, it was imp I was impeded by it. It was a hindrance for me. I would wake up three days later, all right? I would. I would have things called sleep paralysis where my eyes are open, my ears can hear you, but I can't move, all right? That would go on for, for days. I would wake up in that state and couldn't get my body up, all right? That's, that's scary stuff. Like, I don't have control over my body. I, my mom would be yelling at me, I'm late for school again, and she doesn't know I have this problem. I don't know I have this problem. She's just like, Caleb, you need to go to school, get up. And I'm like, I'm literally listening to her scream and looking at her, and I can't move my body, okay? And so it got so bad, uh, senior year of high school, that I decided, my mom decided really, she's like, all right, you're getting a sleep study. You need to go figure out what's wrong. Come on, medical professionals in here, God bless you. You're amazing. My mom's a nurse. I love the medical community. Please, you tell us what we need to pray about. Yeah. I can't see inside here, but you can somehow. And you can tell, oh, that's the da 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 the fatilla, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, the come on, what, what does it need to do? They're like, oh, it needs to this and this. I'm like, thank you very much. I'm going home. And I just pray. Anyway, 
No, I took medication because I got diagnosed, okay? So I went into this sleep study. Anyone had a sleep study done before? Really weird stuff. They put all these, like, cables and wires on your everything. And then they say, now go to sleep. I'm like, you want me to sleep now? All the wires. Yes, go to sleep. I'm like, okay. So they're down in the bed, just lay there, feeling real weird. I mean, they put goop on it. It's like goop everywhere. And it's like, you know. Anyway, I wouldn't have problems falling asleep. I had problems feeling rested, okay? I'd feel exhausted all the time, chronic fatigue, all that stuff. I just pushed through it. And every year, every two years or so, I'd have the sleep paralysis thing. It was debilitating. So uh, they diagnosed me from those tests with atypical narcolepsy, okay? Narcolepsy is when you just fall asleep all the time. The reason they fall asleep is because they don't get REM, They don't get REM, okay? And so I didn't have the fall asleep thing every day. I I would fall asleep in a year or a year and a half, two years from now, for three days. That's why they called it atypical. You following? Yeah? Okay. So I didn't have the thing called cataplexy. That's a medical term I know because I looked it all up. Anyway, so I I had to take medication, and I had to take this stuff. I don't even remember the name of it. But I couldn't take an eight-hour dose because I might not wake up. It was that strong. Like, it... It, just, it could just put you in a coma, basically. So that's what it's doing. It's forcing my body to get REM sleep, okay? Because I would have REM sleep for 15 seconds at a time and pop out. I wouldn't get REM for more than 15 seconds. It would be like 20 minutes later, 15 seconds, pop out. 20 minutes later, 15 seconds, pop out. So if you can imagine, you know, it wasn't very restful. And I started a church called The Resting Place a few years later. You want to know why? <laughs> this isn't why specifically, but... Something happened. The power of God came in. I'll tell you about it next week. So let's go ahead and just, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I got a couple of you. I shouldn't have gotten you. You, you know better. <laughs> no, I'm, I got this test done. I took this medication. I got tired of taking the medication because it made me feel awful all day long. I've, I wasn't fatigued, but I was like in a fog. You know, this kind of meds, it's just tough stuff. And it didn't taste good either. I had to drink it, you know. Anyway, I take a dose. Four hours later, wake up, take another dose and all that stuff. So I wanted to be healed. I started to see some stuff like that happen. I started to hear rumors of the power of God in my area in Tampa Bay, and I went looking for it. I went to a meeting with a revivalist. I went to a revival meeting. You know what I'm saying? One of them guys who prays for the sick. For me, that's all I knew how to call it. They didn't call it a revival. I I was like, going to a revival meeting. You know, I don't know what to call it. This guy's going to pray for the sick. He gets up there, and he starts calling out words of knowledge, and he's like, you know, ear issues, eye issues, throat issues, cancer. You know, it seems like always anybody have cancer, it doesn't even have to be a word of knowledge. It's just like somebody's going to have it. You know? Anyway, that's not funny, but he was just not hitting mine, so I was frustrated. Okay? <laughs> okay, just I'm the only one that needs Jesus in here, apparently. <laughs> I'm like, sleep, say something about sleep. Please call out sleep. I need sleep. And he's like, he's walking back and forth, and I'm like making eye contact, sending him spiritual messages. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Can't you see my eyes? I'm just, I need sleep. Come on. You know, I was about to like raise the signs, like call out sleep issues, you know. Anyway, he didn't. He finishes and sits down, and all these other people got healed. People who didn't have a sense of smell for like 15 years. Their sense of smell came back in the room like they tested it. Crazy stuff. People that didn't, they couldn't, um, they couldn't breathe out of one side of their nostril and stuff like that. A lot of stuff with noses. I don't know. And 
they would hold the other nostril and they could breathe out of that side of their nose for the first time in like five years. Crazy stuff in the room. I'm like, okay, I need some of that. You know what I mean? I'm not good with this. So he sits down and there's an aisle in the middle. I'm in the very back. And they're doing the offering for him. All eyes on the guy with the microphone. And he's standing, or he's sitting right next to the guy with the microphone. And I stand my happy butt up, and I walk right down the aisle. And I turn around and look at him. I was like, hey, how you doing? You didn't call out anything with sleep. I got issues, man. (laughs) That's what I did. I did it. And he goes, he was so kind. And he just just, uh, looked at me and said, okay, you know, what, what is it? What's going on? And I was like, I don't get rest. I got this thing, I had a sleep study done. I don't hit REM sleep. He was like, all right, that's enough. And he just puts his hand on my head, and he just says, bless him, Lord. My head, I felt like I opened an oven at 400 degrees and, like, stuck my head inside the oven. I, like, just heat all the way, stopped right at my neck. And he's, his hand was just, I mean, it wasn't like he had a warm hand that day, y'all. It was like, oh, my God, am I going to lose my hair? This is hot. I don't know. <laughs> that literally went through my head, like, what is happening? It's just kind of some kind of spirit radiation, I don't know. And so I'm just sitting there. He didn't say much else. He just said, bless him, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I was like, he lifts his hand. He's like, all right. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I walked back down the aisle and sat in the back row and left. And that was it. And that night, I had the best night of sleep of my life. I've hit it restful sleep ever since that moment. That was like six or seven years ago. Haven't had any issues with sleep paralysis or any, any symptoms since that moment. I had an encounter with the power of God. And it changed me. It proved something to me. It proved that the gospel is real. That's what I'm talking about. So what's going to happen now is we're going to call our restoration team forward. And Pastor Jimmy is going to close the day if he's in here. Yeah, our prayer, there you are, buddy. And these people, they have faith for everyone. They've had encounters with the power of God. You can only give what you have, right? They've, they, they have it. They have it to give away, all right, if you have to put it that way. And we're expecting some, a power thing to happen, right? We're expecting a power bomb to go off. If you've never encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, these people are safe. I trust them. I, if you, I don't know if you trust me, but I'm telling you, as far as this goes, I trust them. They're nice people. They're not going to, like, whip a snake out. They're not going to, like, you know... Whatever. They're not going to do something weird. They're going to pray for you to be healed. They're going to pray for you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, listen, it might get weird. Whatever. If it weirds you out, you can get out. That's fine. It's whatever. It's not a problem. I'm not upset. It's not bad. I've been weirded out, and I've left some places. It's fine. It didn't hurt me. I say this because we're trying to facilitate freedom here, you know? And that's difficult. So you got to give me a little bit of slack here. We're going to let some stuff happen. That's what I'm saying to you. We're going to let some stuff happen. I'm not saying you can get out and stay out. I'm saying just if it freaks you out, freaking your kids out, whatever, just go. Just come back. It won't keep happening until next week, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It might. Hallelujah. (laughs) Should I just give you the microphone right now? Because what I'm saying is we're going to go for this thing. This is the standard. We need the full gospel preached in Tampa Bay. We need the full power of the Holy Spirit in Tampa Bay. I'm not accepting anything less. We need to be raising the dead, casting down out demons, cleansing lepers. That's how you preach the kingdom. That's what we need. We can't just depend on billboards that say, believe that Jesus loves you. No, you need an encounter with the love of God. <laughs>
through the power of the Holy Spirit. That will change you. Are you with me? All right. Forgive me if I, for, if I offended you. I actually do love you. So hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. We also want to let you know about our Vanguard Collective School of Supernatural Ministry launching this fall. For more information, head to vcssm.com, or for more resources like this, head to trptampa.com.